Hi everyone, we are on, we are live. The Thriving on Purpose broadcast brought to you from PEI Canada. My name is Sebastian Richard and I'm with my awesome, beautiful wife. Hi guys, I'm Elizabeth Richard. And tonight we have a great subject that we wanna tackle with you guys. I think it's gonna add a lot of value to you. It's gonna make you understand uh, God's purpose for your life, how he wants you to keep moving with him. And the title of tonight's broadcast is Pack Up Your Tent and Keep Moving. Pack up your tent and keep moving. And we will explain what that means as we move along during the broadcast. So you guys will obviously get the understanding of what is meant by that. Uh, and Liz has a special announcement. Well, I, I don't want to, she's not going to like go too deep into it, but there's a special announcement that she wanted to uh, tell our listeners. Yeah, so we just uh, wanted to let you know, just to give you an FYI, uh, we're doing kind of like a website um, transition. We're changing quite a few things. Um, we're trying to make uh, resources uh, more available for you guys. We're going to be adding some new resources, some new content uh, for you guys to download. So it's going to be a little more user-friendly and uh, I guess less, uh, you know, digging into the website to try to find uh, what we're talking about and uh, have even the podcast, uh, you know, very visible and available for downloads as well. So uh, just to let you know, if ever you see, you know, that eventually um, things have changed, uh, we're still, <laughs> it's still the same website, thrivingonpurpose.com. And um, we're going to be able to inform you a little more on what we're going to be um, adding and what we're going to have available. Uh, Sebastian has an, uh, an exciting new book also oh, that's going to be... be um, I, I don't want to tell the title yet, Liz, but man, this one's going to be big. Yeah. Oh, in, in, in more than one way. In more than one way. So it's really going to impact the kingdom of God and it's going to be yeah. uh, really great resources for you guys to, to have access to. So we're really excited about that. So we're going to talk about... Yeah, pack up your tent and keep moving. Uh, the reason we wanted to talk about that is because we we've often mentioned it briefly in our in our past broadcasts mm -hmm. <coughs> that uh, that the Lord doesn't want us to pitch our tent in one place and stay there our our whole life. Uh, there's so many believers that I've met throughout my life that that, that they go like, well, my my parents were Episcopalians. I went to the Episcopalian church. And I'm going to die an Episcopalian. That is not the way of the kingdom, okay? The way of the kingdom is that we're always moving, always learning. We, we are lifelong learners because when you are in a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and his Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God is guiding you in this life. You will need to learn new things. You will need to unlearn old things. You will need to embrace new things. You will need to let go of old things. You will need to make new friends. You will, yeah. you will need to let go old friends and even family members because it's a constant advancement. You're constantly moving, constantly evolving, moving from glory to glory. And the Lord is always bringing you up to new things, new truths. new. And it's not that they're new for him. They're not new for him. They're new for us. Why? Because we're so limited in our knowledge, in our understanding, in our wisdom, that if we are open to it, mm -hmm. we are we keep growing and moving and growing. Now, some of you might say, well, well, even if you stay an Episcopalian, you can still move and learn and grow. Of course you can. However, and, and I'm not uh, saying ditch your, your denomination and move away from there. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. But I'm saying you need to have a growth mindset when you are a citizen of the kingdom of God because automatically, automatically, you will uh, need to be open to things that maybe you never thought. See, for example, me, there's things I believe today that I never thought five years ago I would believe them. Like five years ago, you would have asked me, uh, Sebastian, what about such and such? What do you think of that? I would have said, oh, man, that's a heresy. That's definitely like, that's way out there. It's a heresy. Right, Liz? Yeah. I mean, and there's things like, for same with her, there's things that she believes today or that she actually is doing today that five years ago you would have asked her, Liz, uh, what do you think of, of, of 
doing such and such in your spiritual walk. And she would have been like, are you crazy? That's not for me. And yet today she's doing those things. Yeah. And there's, there's even been times where the Lord kind of brought us to a certain um, area of Christianity. Let's just call it that way. Uh, just like adding something new to, to what we already believed. And it was kind of like too, too different for us. And we kind of shied away from it and yeah. said, I don't know, like we, we kind of weren't sure about it just because we were scared because a lot of Christians are so afraid, you know, to, um, to embrace something else that's very uncomfortable because it's just something that's new that you haven't experienced before. And it's not necess necessarily a bad thing, but oftentimes people shy away from what's new just for that reason. Yeah. And so we kind of did the same thing. And then the Lord brought us back to that about a year later. Sorry. You're right. <laughs> so we're he, live. Brought, he brought us back to that a year later and it was so impactful. It's like we needed to mature and to, to see things differently, to be ready for it. And sometimes the Lord will make mm -hmm. you take a step back in order to move forward. Yeah. Uh, and it, it, it's very important to be open to the leading of the spirit in those things. And, and we're going to talk, we're going to unpack this for you. So there's a, the passage that uh, I'm basing tonight's teaching on is found in first Peter chapter two, verse 11. You're probably familiar with it where Peter says that's in the new international version. He says, dear friends, I urge you, as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful des desires which wage, wage war against your soul. Now, oftentimes, and I've heard that passage many times in church or in sermons and all that, and it, the, the, the main interpretation of it is basically you're on the earth, but you're part of the kingdom of God. So as such, you're, you're not part of this world system. So you're a foreigner to this world system and your authority comes from the King of Kings. And therefore you march to the beat of a different drummer. And that's the main interpretation. That's perfectly fine. But today I want to unpack it a little bit further and stop on those two words, foreigners and exiles, which is mentioned in the NIV. Now in the King James Version, uh, those two words are translated as sojourners and pilgrims, sojourners and pilgrims. And if you're a believer, you're probably familiar with the book Pilgrim's Progress. Mm -hmm. Now, if, you, uh, if you've if you paid attention to the book, if you read it as a child, if your mother read, to, read it to you as a child, you'll remember that the pilgrim, a Christian in, in Pilgrim's Progress is always what, Liz? Exactly. I don't know. <laughs> He's always on the move. We didn't consult one another. <laughs> so it's it's okay that she doesn't know it's fine. He's always on the move. Yeah. So he's always going from one challenge to the other. Always moving. He, he doesn't stay in one place very long. He he, he, he does he pitches his tent, mm -hmm. but doesn't stay long and then he keeps moving. Mm -hmm. That is the definition of the word the word in lands. A wayfarer, one who travels to a shrine or a holy place. I thought that was interesting because again, in Pilgrim's Progress, he is traveling to the celestial city, which is basically his heart is set on that. Mm -hmm. So the kingdom is within him. Now he wants to go towards that kingdom because it's pulling him. Yeah. It's pulling him and he's always moving. He goes to this slaw, uh, slaw, slaw. Anyway, I'm, I'm French, slaw of despond. And the, the, uh, there's all these places that he goes to the castle of despair. Is that the castle of despair, right, Liz? I don't remember. All anyway, there's all these places that he goes and, and he's always on the move. They did a really, really good remake of oh, that movie. You guys man. should watch it. Oh, it was yeah. really good. A My cartoon. kids loved it. The kids loved it. They really yeah. did. And I encourage you guys to, to purchase it if possible. Yeah, it's available for free on YouTube. But if you can encourage the, 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 the people who made this wonderful uh, really well remake done. animation of The Pilgrim's Progress, it's really good. It was made back in what, Liz, a few years ago, a couple of years maybe. Yeah, it really makes us see it in a different light, you know, to see the Christian walk. Yeah, and I really liked yeah. it. The kids loved it too. So you kids are going to love it. So a pilgrim is always on the move. So even though a pilgrim pitches his tent, he always does, like the title of this broadcast says, he always packs up his tent and keep moving because he does, he's not called. To, so he doesn't say, that's it, I'm a Baptist. That's it, I'm an Episcopalian. 
That's it. I'm a Lutheran. I'm not moving. And I'm not saying you should leave your religion again, but I want you to understand what this entails because uh, what comes with the territory when we say that's it, I'm a Baptist, is basically uh, the same. Like, I embrace all of their theology, all of their teachers, what they teach or most of what they teach. And I have a certain way of thinking, certain principles and, and, and uh, doctrines that I make my own. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to talk to you about that in the sense that if we understand that we're pilgrims always on the move, you're going to understand. You're going to like what I have to say next. Uh, the Lord showed me uh, as I was preparing this short teaching, he showed me about Mount Everest. See, I'm not a mountain climber. Uh, I don't even like know personally any mountain climber. And I always imagined that the people who climb mountains if they climb a, a big mountain, when they, quote unquote, pitch their tent for the night, it's on a cliff somewhere in the cold where there's wind and there's nothing prepared there. But I realized I was wrong because I looked up at Mount Everest a little bit to, to get a little bit more in the know of this subject. And it turns out that there are six camps, six camps along the route to climb all the way to the top of Mount Everest. And these camps, while, while they're not like beautiful lodges with great fireplaces, <laughs> they are nonetheless somewhat organized, okay? There's people in charge there. They take care of the travelers. And, and it's like an official, quote-unquote, camp on mm -hmm. the way to the top. But of course, as you can imagine, the people who go to Mount Everest to climb the mountain, they don't go there to say, hey, can't wait to go camp on Mount Everest. <laughs> they don't want to go camp there. They have one goal. And to them, the celestial city is the top of the mountain where they can see basically the whole world. <laughs> if, if it's a beautiful day and it's sunny, that you can see so far, it, it must be amazing. I've seen pictures like you see just the clouds and they're like down on top of the clouds. It's, it's nuts. But the, the main goal of those travelers is to climb all the way to the top. And the camps, as they themselves know, are just pit stops where they're where they pitch their tent for the evening or the night. And in the morning, they pack up their tent and they keep moving. So it reminds me, it reminds me of, of our pilgrimage as believers, where that's pretty much what we're called to do on this earth. We're not, we're called to always move and evolve and learn and unlearn and let go and embrace and grow <laughs> all these things uh it, it's amazing the journey i've been on i'm 46 years old and if i look at my christian faith the way it was when i was 22 and i was just getting warmed up uh in my in my uh, bible teacher calling if you will how I used to perceive the, the scriptures back then, how I used to teach the scriptures back then, what I understood back then, much of it was good, but much of it was not. And the Lord brought me out of certain understandings into new ones. And that's perfectly good and perfectly wonderful. Now, however, it may come as a shock for some of you people, for, for some Christians, for some believers, when you're growing Sometimes you grow so much that some of the things you are surrounded with don't fit anymore. Like you've outgrown them. Uh, somebody once said that religion is like a playpen. It is meant to be outgrown so you can go explore outside on your own. Uh, in other words, the bars of a playpen keep the baby safe until yeah. the baby's old enough to climb over the bars and go explore the living room and the kitchen and the whatever. So religion is a lot like that. And while, in other words, religion, when you're a baby Christian, it keeps you safe, right? It's, it's like, I see it more, much like a, um, a, not kindergarten, but it's a place that keeps you safe and accountable and people are looking over your soul right like the bible says that the pastors are they, they want to be accountable so they they make sure that you don't fall into false doctrines or temptations or or, or you know that the, the, the obvious traps that are that surround us as we start walking with christ uh 
yeah. and the obvious potholes and all the all the snares of the enemy. And that's perfectly fine. But eventually, when you start growing and moving along, sometimes, not all the time, because depending where you're at, what church you, you have, what, who the leaders in your church are, there's a lot of factors. But depending where you're at, you might outgrow that and realize, I need to move on. I need to pack up my tent and move on because I've outgrown this place and it just doesn't work anymore for, for where I'm going, where the Lord's leading me or, or where he wants me to go. This is why it's very rare that a, a growing Christian, that a growing Christian will stay in the same church his whole life. And that's not to say that the churches he's been at are, are necessarily bad. It's just to say that he, he's been on a, a, a growing believer will eventually be called to more, to take on more responsibility, to take on more uh, ministry uh, callings or whatever. And that might necessitate the person to move from their church, even if it's amicable, even if it's like, you know what? Thanks a lot, pastor, for all these years of teaching me. I'm ready to move on. I'm going uh, I, I, to, I applied to a position where I'm going to go teach Sunday school at so-and-so church or whatever. It can be anything, but sometimes you're just called to move on. Anything to say, Liz? Yeah, sometimes you're called to just, you know, do something else in the body of Christ, depending on the church yeah. uh, that you go to. You know, there might be some opportunities elsewhere where you see that they're in need of what you have to offer. Yeah. And also, you know, like I think we've we've seen this oftentimes that depending on the different seasons in our life, that God has uh, brought us to different people uh, different online ministries that were going to feed us um, with the information that we needed to go through that season, to go through the, those hard times, or sometimes it was just, you know, that we needed that certain knowledge um, to get through that hurdle or that that trial. And and then it was like, okay, you know, then we're going to go to into something else and we're going to transition and we're going to learn something else. And all of those are like growth, you know, it's growth, growing pains, growth, growing pains, that kind of like yeah. up and down wheel. Um, but it, it's always really good how it um, brings you stronger. It, it brings you closer to the Lord and um, it gives you that knowledge, more knowledge to, to understand, uh, to have a deeper and stronger walk with him, uh, a closeness, a, a depth. And, um, and that is very valuable. And that's why sometimes you're going to go through these things and the Lord is going to show you because you're open, because you have a growth mindset, you want to learn, and he's going to show you new revelations, new things. And, and then sometimes, you know, you're going to realize that you've outgrown certain friends in church or certain people um, that just kind of want to stay stuck. You know, I'm not saying to leave all your friends, but sometimes we, we realize that when we grow out of certain circumstances and we become stronger in Christ, that sometimes other believers um, that we're trying to help around us that don't want to be helped, well, oftentimes are just going to kind of weigh us down. So sometimes we have to, you know, move in another direction and not stay there. Yeah. And, and you know, it teaches you humility. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I learned the hard yeah. way. And I'm going to say something here that you might identify with or not. But there were things just, okay, how can I phrase this? What you call a heresy today, the Lord might call you to embrace tomorrow. Ooh, that's good. I like that. <laughs> so here's what I'm saying. There have been things on my, on my journey, on my Christian walk, on my Christian journey with the Lord, that I, I, at some point in time in the past, that I would really condemn. And through studying, through walking with him, through learning from him and studying his word and learning more, God brought me to an understanding where I no longer condemn those things. Some of them I did not necessarily embrace, but some of them I have been called to embrace. And it made me look back and go like, I, I really have to be careful what I call heresy, what I call false doctrine, who I call false prophet. Or there was even people back then, way back mm -hmm. when, I used to call beast prophets. And she's gonna, she can vouch for that. And that later the Lord showed me that I was a fool, basically, 
and that these people were used for a season in my life to teach me certain things about faith, teach me certain things that I needed to learn. And that was very humbling for me. And I'm very careful, ask Liz, she'll tell you that, very careful now as a result before I condemn a doctrine or before I condemn a person that has a different teaching than what I'm familiar with. I'm always very, very careful now. So I'm going to analyze, take my time, pray about it. And I won't even verbalize. I'm, I'm usually very careful when I do broadcasts or teachings, not to name names. Sometimes I'm going to name um, uh, tendencies or, 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 or teachings in general. But I don't want to condemn any ministries in particular or any ministers in particular for that very reason. Because I was taught the hard way mm -hmm. that I could eat crow tomorrow if I do so. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, that's fine. It really teaches you to, to, uh, to, be, to remain humble and to be teachable. And that is very, very hard for many believers today mm -hmm. to stay teachable because the more we acquire knowledge and it's really weird it's like when i started out i had a little bit of knowledge and I had this much arrogance and then the more i learned and the more i learned and the more i learned it, the, the lord used that to show me basically see how little you knew see how little you knew it's like he reminds me every six months every year see how little you knew yeah see how little you knew so so someone had a question about giving a little more of a detailed example. So I'll, I'll do it. So for example, you know, in, in our walk, um, the Lord would, you let's say, use a certain person, you know, that would, um, let's say we were going through a season where it was a lot of um, digging your ditches, a lot of hardship. And, and so we'd listen to a certain teacher and it was very uplifting and very encouraging. And that was really good for that season. Uh, and then when we, you know, got over that hurdle and we're stronger, uh, a, a little more stronger then he was, then the Lord would say, okay, now you have to learn um, different elements of faith. Okay. So it's sort of like the Holy Spirit leads you to this content and you're reading your Bible and you're trying to understand certain things. And then you're like, you know what, there's more to this. And then, so you do more digging and then you come across a certain person's ministry, for example, that um, are really good at teaching, let's say, word of faith. Okay, let's say they're really, really good at teaching uh, the action steps of faith, how to um, get stronger in your faith and see um, the Lord really answer prayer in your life. Um, and then you realize that by applying these principles, um, you're, you're seeing things happen in your life mm -hmm. and you're like, wow, you know, where was this all my life? Yeah. Well, where was this all your life is that before you weren't you, ready to embrace you that. looked at that person and said, oh, they've been like dissed for prosperity gospel, or they've, you know, been okay. thrown under the bus because they kind of preach funny or, uh, there's been a bunch of jokes because they said this, they said that, but in reality, they didn't really, um, dig into their ministry and really look at what they're teaching, right? Yeah. So when you kind of look at, at things in a different lens and say, look, I'm I'm smart enough to understand what is not, um, what is, you know, I mean, there might be some things that you're going to say, no, you know, that, that doesn't follow the word of God and that's not sound doctrine. But when it is following the word of God and it's sound doctrine and it's really, you know, you, you can confirm with the Bible, and it, it makes sense and you feel the Holy Spirit nudging you Confirming. like, this is good, yeah. you know, this is good. Then you apply these principles and, and like, like we say, you know, sometimes we don't embrace the whole thing, you know, yes. Chew the grass, so, spit out the hay. So yes, maybe some people have said certain things, for example, that, um, you know, sounded way too out there, out there when it comes to prosperity. But the faith teachings are so good. Why diss that? You know, like if I'm able to make my own um, understanding of God and prosperity, I know very well the scriptures of God and what he says about prosperity. So I choose to embrace what he says in the Bible. And if someone, you know, decides to live ex extravagantly or whatever, that's between them, 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 them and God and the way they want to portray yeah. um, themselves. You know, it, I think that's a personal thing of how they want to do things, but I'm not going to diss 
the, the really good faith principles and the wisdom and the experience that they've had for so many years, um, you know, based on something he may have said that sounded out there and, and taken out of context most of the time. Exactly. You know what I mean? Because there's so if you if you start looking at that, I mean, there's like a dissing video on YouTube for everybody you can you can imagine. It's like crazy. it's crazy. It's <laughs> crazy. Even the most conservative preachers have their dissers out there, the people who who are they're called basically heresy hunters, and they go after mm -hmm. them and they and they dissect their ministry and say, here's why so and so is wrong, and I'm gonna prove it to you in today's video. Stay tuned. And then they they take their their sermons and they they take stuff they said at one point and another point, and, and sometimes Sometimes, you you know, it's true. Like everybody says stupid things. I've said stupid things on the broadcast <laughs> myself. And if someone were to go back and look at all the broadcasts I've, I've done, they could make a really good montage showing how I'm a really bad teacher. <laughs> it's obvious. But like, here's the like thing. The, the importance is when you're looking at, you know, when the Holy Spirit is nudging you towards something and to dig deeper and to, to look into it, Oftentimes you're going to find, you know, like when we were looking into the word of faith, um, uh, let's just call it word of faith uh, ministries, and we were looking at different teachers and listening to different teachings. We're like, you know what? This is very like this is there's a lot of stuff when it comes to faith that makes a lot of sense. And and we understood the Bible in a different way and started applying things. And and you have I mean, like in every um, like in everything, you have some pastors that are like extravagantly out there, very super dynamic. And then you have these other teachers that are a little more grounded, maybe a little more to your flavor. Uh, for example, you know, like some people, um, I don't know, will love Jesse Duplantis. They think he's funny and whatnot. And other people would rather hear Charles, Cla uh, is it Charles Cla Caps? Stanley? Caps? Caps. It's Charles Caps. In, in Word of Faith. Yeah. yeah, in Word of Faith, which he both are very, very good teachers of faith, but completely different flavor and how you're going to yeah. consume the content. But that's that's one area. That's but, one area. But now, like there's so many lanes and areas of knowledge that have to do with the Word of God that that's when you learn, okay, uh, I can't go see a certain, for example, I'm going to give you an example. Uh, in the in the the area of health, okay, in health, we have generalists, we have pediatricians, we have uh, cardiologists, we have sur surgeons, we have brain surgeons, we have all these different specialists that can really help our health. Now, if you have a brain tumor. Going to see a generalist is not a good idea because he won't be able to help you. He might prescribe some aspirin, but he won't he won't he won't be able to help you with your particular situation. Or if you have, I don't know, a, a hip problem, of, then you you don't want to go see a brain surgeon or a cardiologist because these are not people who can help you with your hips. So it's the same thing in the body of Christ. Yeah. There are these many different teachers in many different areas that cover the whole counsel of God. And for some reason, and see the pastors, the pastors usually are generalists. Mm -hmm. So they're generalists who work for a certain uh, type of hospital. So there's the Baptist hospital and there's the, and there's <laughs> the Pentecostal hospital and there's the, the so and so on and so forth hospital. And these are generalists. And usually these generalists have a tendency to like a certain way of doing things. And uh, for example, if you want to know, I'll give you, I'll give you a, an example. If you want to know more about aliens or the paranormal, what that has to do, like, are there certain creatures out there that that are, that are demonically um, UFOs? Or if you want to know about that, don't listen to certain teachers. I mean, and I don't want to name any teachers. I don't want to. But for example, I, I'm not going to listen to Charles Stanley if I want to know about aliens. <laughs> okay, I, I think I made my point. And and I know there are some Bible teachers out there who made it their specialty to talk about ancient aliens, Nephilim, uh, the days of Noah, 
uh, chimeras, all kinds of weird creatures that some of which are mentioned in the Bible, and they made it about their whole ministry. Now, these guys seem out there, but if you want to know the truth about these things, you're not going to listen to Charles Stanley. As much as Charles Stanley has helped me when I was in my early 20s and going through severe trials and depressions and problems, Charles was all perfect for me back then because guess what? Sunday after Sunday, Charles Stanley uh, taught how to get over the hurdles of life, the obstacles of life by, by walking hand in hand with Jesus Christ. And for that season of my life, he was the perfect person. Yeah. Now, if you've got other types of things that you want to go, that you're going through, for example, Charles Stanley has, uh, to my knowledge, not spoken much on marriage, not no fault of his own. He, he, he got a divorce because his wife wanted a divorce earlier in his ministry. I'm just giving him an example. I'm not condemning him at all. I'm just saying that because of that, he made the decision, you know what? That's not something I'm going to be teaching in my ministry because I feel I've, that I failed about that. He even was, he was even open about it. So, and that's fine. But of course, if you want to know about marriage, you're going to listen to a pastor who's had a very, very successful marriage. You know, you're going to listen to someone who's written books about marriage, who's got, who has a good, strong, solid marriage, and you're going to learn from that person. So there's all these different areas that are good for a season as you pitch your tent in that area as you're learning. And God is showing you these things and building you up and strengthening you and, and equipping yeah. you for, for what's ahead. And then it, God makes it clear that it's kind of time to move on. And it ha it doesn't happen like uh, it happens gradually. Usually like I, I, I just gain new interests or when I'm done with a certain season of my life where I've learned what I needed to learn. God gradually veers me into the other direction or yeah. where I need to learn more. And it just happened. It's not like a, it's not like you go to the, to the pastor who helped you for the last two years. Go like, well, I'm breaking up with you today because I don't need you. Bye bye. That's not how it works. No. And, and it's a slow and easy and transition. And usually you don't even have to do that. I no, mean, you don't. There's so much content out there yeah. on the Internet that you can still stay at your local church if if you're getting fed there yeah. and you you know you have you share a nice community with and if the, you're being useful the, too the if you're christians useful to the there Lord. and you're exactly you're able to serve there and you're yeah. happy there and you know depending on what you're going through in your life um you can you know just get that content on youtube there's so many ministries out there um you know for example if you really resonate with joyce meyer because she i know she really talks a lot about um, you know, she really has a humanistic uh, yeah. approach to pain and Very to understanding emotions, emotions and, and, and mindset and the, the inner yeah. uh, battle of the mind, mm -hmm. how we perceive things and how things really are. Scripturally speaking, she's very good at expounding that. Yeah. So again, that's her strength. That's where she she's good at. And God uses so many different people in his church, mm -hmm. so many different specialists in his church that... Uh, <laughs> There's a flavor for everybody. It's like Baskin Robbins, but it's not about flavors. It's not about, uh, it's really about growing in many different areas and becoming uh, to the measure and the, uh, the fullness of Christ where yeah. the Lord wants you to be. And it's being able to, to be open mm -hmm. to these things as the Lord shows them to you. And sometimes the Lord's going to show you things that can be very painful. Mm -hmm. He's going to show you things that you know you need to let go in your life, even if you've believed them for the last 25 years. These yeah. can be very painful seasons because now you're like, well, I believed that for the last 25 years, and so have all my friends, and so does my family. Now, if I stop believing that, mm -hmm. or if I stop practicing that or, or taking part in that, what are they going to think? Because then you have the peer pressure aspect of following the Lord and, and going into unknown territories, that can be very scary. It's not for everybody, not like some people go through that, others don't. But uh, there's this quote I wanted to share with you guys about that. It's a Thomas Jefferson quote, uh, the, the beloved, I think it was the third president of the United States, if I'm not mistaken. He said that, and I love Thomas Jefferson because it was a, he was a great intellect. I think it was uh, John F. Kennedy. Uh, one day he was in the White House in the, the Oval Office, and there were, oh man, how many presidents? Maybe four or five presidents with him. And he said, and he said, there has never been this much assemblage 
of knowledge in the Oval Office, except when Thomas Jefferson held office. <laughs> so he was basically saying, hey, we're five presidents here right now, or five, me, myself, and, and four previous presidents. And there has never been this much knowledge in the Oval Office, except when Thomas Jefferson sat in that seat over there. Mm -hmm. So he was a very, very smart man. And here's what Thomas Jefferson said. I was bold in the pursuit of knowledge, never fearing to follow truth and reason to whatever results they led and bearding every authority which stood in their way. Now that takes character. Mm -hmm. That takes determination. That takes a uh, will of steel, a steel will. Because when God shows you a truth and he sears it in your conscience, just like Martin Luther said, right? It's like basically when he was at the, 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 the appearing before uh, the court, the Catholics, and he was saying, I cannot recant and I will not because to go against conscience is neither safe nor, uh, I forget the whole sentence, forgive me for that. But basically Martin Luther took a stand that day and he said, come what may, even if you guys lynch me, Mm. I cannot recant because God has seared this truth in my heart to such a degree that doing so would not only be going against my own conscience, but against God himself, what he has shown me in my life. Yeah, There's going to be seasons in your life that God's going to show you certain truths, certain things that are going to be seared in your heart, seared in your it's mind. It's like you have a... Um all of a sudden a, a very profound conviction in your heart and you know that it's the you Holy know. Spirit speaking to you. You know that you know, but mm -hmm. this is what can be scary because sometimes these things can happen, sometimes. And you're going to look around, you're going to be like, well, if that's the truth, how come nobody else believes it or does it or thinks it? I must be going out of my mind. And yet you know that you know that you know that you're not going out of your mind. Mm -hmm. those are scary times but that's when you have to have faith that the lord showed you these things i mean this i i have a great book upstairs that i began reading it's called 50 pentecostal and charismatic leaders that everyone should know i bought this book the book just came out now i think this year and i come from a baptist background guys so i'm just getting to know these people the catherine coolman's and the smith wigglesworth and all that and i'm loving it i'm loving every second of it <laughs> and that's just one of the things we were talking about like you know when you embrace new things when the lord brings you into new territories and you're just savoring it and being like uh, like a child you're in awe you're you're like whoa this is so good lord thank you so much but if he had shown me that 20 years prior i would have been like these are all heretics i'm not going to look into those so yeah i'm just giving you an example so you know where i'm coming from and maybe there's some things in your life that you think about you think that about but the point is i'm reading these people and here's what i'm noticing every time i read their biography because they're like a compilation of 50 short biographies maybe four or five pages each Every single one of these men and women had to take a stand at some point saying, no, this is what God showed me. I don't care if you fire me. I don't care if you stop coming to my church. I don't care if you call me a heretic. I'm going to keep teaching that because that is a conviction. And I know that that's what God has called me to do. These people are an inspiration. And there's so many of them across mm -hmm. history who did that. I, may, I named Martin Luther earlier. Uh, Thomas Jefferson is another one who had the guts to follow the truth no matter where it led him. Think about the implication of that. It is so profound, and yet it can be so scary at the same time. Mm -hmm. Years ago, Liz and I, we, uh, we were on that journey, that truth journey. Uh, and why were we on that journey? Well, simply, very simple. We were listening to a lady who had a podcast back then, and she said uh, she was encouraging the listeners when she <laughs> she was very controversial. I'll just put it that way. Very controversial. She's not for everybody. But she said something that really caught my attention. She said, I know a lot of the things I say are very, very controversial, but I challenge you listeners, if you think I'm crazy, if you think it's not true, don't believe me. Before you go to bed every night, start praying, Lord, I pray that you show me the truth in all things. Mm 
You do that for a season and see where God leads you. And I was like, you know what? That sounds like cool advice. I think I'm going to start doing that. Mm -hmm. So I began doing that on my own. I began praying, Lord, I want you to show me the truth in all things. Things that were very like weird or controversial or I thought that was like way out there. I started praying for that. Lord, show me the truth in all things. If this is not of you, show me. If this is of you, show me. And I was bold about it. And I, was, I prayed that fervently every day. Oh, my goodness. The roller coaster ride that followed, friends, that brought me to so many different levels of stuff that I never thought I would actually learn in this lifetime. But it was such a blessing. In hindsight, it was such an amazing blessing. But yet, if I hadn't prayed this and I wasn't sincere about it, I, I wouldn't have learned. I wouldn't have unraveled. I, the Lord wouldn't have brought me through so many seasons of blessing and incredible revelation. But it was because I was fervent in that particular type of prayer that the Lord said, okay, you know what? You look, you seem game. <laughs> you seem game. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring you that way. And you know what? I noticed that even though I was game, even though I was bold, the Lord was gentle with me. <laughs> there, he could have blown my mind over and over again, but he, he still knew what I was able to withstand as truth goes. Mm -hmm. So he took me by the hand. And you know, when, when you're like with a six-year-old and I don't know, you're trying to catch a cab and you're running and, and you're trying to drag the six-year-old, you know, you can't run full throttle when you have a six-year-old if you're an adult, right? So you kind of have to pace yourself. And, and kind of slow down so that the six-year-old doesn't like fly or that you don't like drag his legs on the sidewalk. Well, because I, I, I'm telling you this story because my dad used to do that with us when he would try to catch the bus and we were late, but the bus was leaving. <laughs> He'd start running with us and he would drag my legs on that sidewalk. <laughs> and then he would stop and be like, come on. Then he would drag me under his, his arm and run to catch the bus. All this to say that the Lord was very merciful to me because uh, I couldn't follow. You can't. You, we we want to follow the Lord, but He's very nice. He, he walks with us, right? He, yeah. he doesn't run with us <laughs> because we can't. We can't go at His speed. It's impossible. Uh, where was I going with this, Liz? Uh, anyway, so He He gently brought me into those yeah. truths that I was ready to withstand. And sometimes there were even some truths that I went like, "Lord, this can't be. This this is nuts. This can't. This can't be." Oh, I, I must be. I must and, be going down the wrong, like the wrong path. I, I must be going down the wrong path because this doesn't make any sense. And yet, the truth he showed me did align with scripture, or a certain interpretation of scripture. Now that's another thing, another rabbit hole that we can't go. See, what we, what we know, what we call truth, is it really truth, or is it merely an interpretation of the truth? Oh, what we call truth, is it really truth or is it merely an interpretation of the truth? Now, that is a very big question. Anyway, all this to say that God will not give you more than you can handle, even when it comes to asking him for truth. He will give it to you in a dosage that you're able to withstand, that you're able to follow. And it's going to be a blessing. It's going to be a blessing, even if at first it's hard. Even if at first it might be scary. And, and I wanted to share with you guys something that, oh, hey, by the way, what I'm going to share with you just now, right now, I wrote in my, in my upcoming book. So this prayer that I'm going to share with you is part of the book that's going to come out that's about the kingdom of God. That book is going to be amazing. It's going to be like between 300 and 400 pages. It's being edited as we speak. So I don't know how big the book's going to be, but it's going to be a whopper of a book. And it's going to really for those who take the time to read and digest it, it's, it's going to be life-changing. And I'm excited about it because it was life-changing to me. So I, I, I wouldn't say that if it didn't change me as I was writing it because the Lord was giving me download upon download. And even as Liz was saying, are you finished the book? I said, well, uh, I want to be finished with the book. But the problem is the Lord gave me a couple of downloads this week and I need to write them down in a new chapter. And then she'd be like, are you serious? You're adding another <laughs> chapter? And I was like, well, I, I have to. I have to be obedient to what he's giving me. It's just amazing. It's blowing my mind. Anyway, mm. this book will be about the kingdom of God. 
And this is an excerpt from the book I'm going to share with you guys because it's a prayer that, uh, you know, when I told you we were praying for the truth in all things, well, I found that prayer online at the time, at the time. And it's very, very complete. And you guys are going to like it. So I found it. It's anonymous. I don't even know who wrote it. I tried to find who, who wrote it and I couldn't. It says this. My journey out of deception began with a prayer. An innocuous prayer that hardly seemed life-changing in scope. In fact, at the time, it hardly seemed much of anything at all. Dear Lord, I prayed, if I am believing any lies in my life, or if I am deceived in any areas of my Christian life and what I believe, can you show me? I want your truth at all costs. Now, weigh these words. Weigh these words. I want your truth at all costs, even if knowing it destroys my entire worldview. Hmm. Oh, that's the place in the prayer that's like amazing. I want your truth, Lord, at all costs, even if knowing it destroys my entire worldview. Few of us dare pray prayers like this. And to be honest, it kind of takes like a, a childlike attitude to pray this. You kind of need to be like a little trusting kid. Because if you really take the time to think about the words, you're not going to pray it because it's really scary. Oh, and the prayer continues. Oh, and I mean it, Lord. Even if a part of me is scared. And he finishes by saying that was the prayer. The prayer that changed my world and set me free. In retrospect, it was a silly and childlike prayer, but God honored it. So whoever wrote that prayer, it blew my mind at the time. And it was such a blessing because when we began, see, when I began on this truth journey, uh, my wife loved me. She's always loved me. She's been a wonderful partner by my side, but she thought I was going nuts. She really did because mm -hmm. I began embracing things that were so foreign to her that she thought I had lost it. So I said, okay, Liz, I get it because I thought that the people who were teaching those same things, I thought they had lost it. So I get it. So tell you what, if you think these things are crazy, don't believe me. That's perfectly fine. But can you do me a favor? I said, can you pray and ask the Lord if these things are, if they are true? Mm -hmm. And then maybe give it a couple of weeks and then come back to me and tell me what the Lord told you, because I'd like to know if he confirms it with you, it's, it's going to be a confirmation in my life as well. And she said, okay, challenge accepted. I'll pray about it. But I think you're nuts. She basically said it like that. I mean, she said, I think you're crazy. On a, on, not on everything, on a not particular on everything, thing. On, a, on some, a few things here and there. But but she uh, she, she did good. I mean, she, she, in the sense that she she, uh, she followed through. She she began praying on the matter. And yeah. man, it didn't really take long, did it? No. I did. It didn't take two weeks. It didn't take two weeks. She came back to me. She says, okay, I want to know more. She was like open. She's like, okay, I want to know more. What do you have on this? And, and I'm not going to tell you this, guys, because to be honest, here's what I've learned also, that casting your pearls, and I'm not, and I don't want to insult anybody, but casting your pearls before swine, you're going to see this in your own life as God shows you certain things. There's going to be certain things you, you don't feel that you should share necessarily. And it's funny because uh, I follow, uh, there's good teachers I, I like following out there. And some of them I see they're holding back. And I tell Liz, I said, man, this man is so knowledgeable. And, and, and you can tell that he wants to tell us certain things, but he doesn't. And he even says so. Like this, this, this particular teacher, super knowledgeable. But he holds back all the time. And I told Liz, I said, I'm angry. I don't like that. <laughs> I want him to tell us the, the controversial stuff, the, the powerful stuff that's going to blow our minds. And Liz tells me, she goes like, Sebastian, not everybody's like you. <laughs> she, she's like, not everybody can handle it. Not everybody can handle it. And he's wise enough to hold back because he knows that. And he can see certain truths for certain people at certain times can be 
poison. Even something, even if something is true, if given, for example, there are certain truths you wouldn't tell your seven-year-old, right? Mm -hmm. For example, we know there's child trafficking out there. Things that are done, awful things to children. And I know to what extent they, these things go. I wouldn't sit down with my eight-year-old daughter and say, hey, today, Marissa, I want to teach you about child trafficking and what's going on in certain countries. So, so just so that you know this stuff, because it's true. If I did that, you would say, you're sick in the head. Are you crazy telling that to this child? She can't handle it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And and you know what? It, it's 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 a reality. I mean, uh, everybody's at a, on a different uh, place in the journey. I was talking about Mount Everest earlier. Well, the truth is a lot like Mount Everest. Some are at base camp one. There's a camp at the base of the mountain, like uh, the, uh, the earlier stages. And there are six camps in all. Some are at base camp three, some at base camp six. They're and, able to handle more yeah. because they're further along the journey. And it's the same thing with the people you come in contact with. I can't believe we went 52 minutes on this. I cannot <laughs> believe it. It's crazy because usually I have like eight pages of notes, 10 pages sometimes. Tonight, I, I, I took 20 minutes, in all honesty, maybe 25, and jotted down like two pages. Two pages of like, oh my goodness, that's going to take 20 minutes. And we're, all, we're on 52 minutes. And I just want to say something. You know, sometimes we think, for example, that certain truths about what's going on in our government, in our world, um, you know, when it comes to corruption, when it comes to different things that the Lord might want to show you, um, it could be for different reasons. Sometimes it's to intercede, to pray uh, for these things, yeah. um, to go against the enemy's plans, for example. And other times um, there are truths about the Bible, the truths about different things of how we see God and um, different things, different elements of our perception of certain things that we've been taught for many, many years in religion. Sometimes there's different things that um, don't really serve us. And we have to understand different truths to be closer to God in our walk with God and have a closer relationship with him. So sometimes these things are intertwined. It's kind of strange, but sometimes the Lord has brought us to certain truths about what was happening in our world and in our government so that we can intercede and pray. And these things served us even when we learned them 20 years ago are serving us now because a lot of this information that we've learned over years is not anywhere to be found because of all the censoring and they yeah. removed like tons and tons of content on Amazon, on Google. It's they, crazy. They basically are blinding people. Like um, just a parenthesis. Liz. Yeah. I, I don't, don't lose your train of thought, but, Man, like I, 15 years ago, I used to research something on, on either YouTube or Google, mm -hmm. and I would find like tons of information on, on some of the controversial stuff, like the stuff that that that, that mm -hmm. uh, is called conspiracy crazy today. Yeah. Today, you want to find that it's all uh, how do what do they call that? Um, uh, there's a term for that when they when they try to counter. Um, I, I don't want to say counterintelligence, but they they basically it's it's a. Uh, mm -hmm. Ah, uh, there's a term I forget it. It's because I'm French. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. Like block, kind of like block. Um, they, they, they there's basically, a word for that. Yeah, they like they block, they censor it, but they block block it, and they then they try they, to they write their own blogs, they write new, their own stuff, and then they, yeah. they so they take out a new information. Yeah, and um, basically they try to. Um, to destroy the the common thought of how it's spreading. So sometimes, there's a, for example, there's a truth that comes out. Everybody spreads it around, spreads it around, and they're like, oh, no, 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 they can't think this. So let's do this and let's take out that and let's write this article and, uh, you know, put out this person and make this uh, celebrity say this so that all, all, all these people that were kind of on the fence of believing this will not believe in this anymore. Exactly. Yeah. That's basically for what's example, happening I'll right just now. give you a quick example. Uh, back 15 years ago, if I wanted to know about uh, um, alien abductions, you write that. You, I wrote that in Google. Man, I saw tons of information pop up, and it was amazing. And uh, I, could, I could learn like accounts of people saying they were abducted. Now today is like you write, for example, I'm giving you an example, alien abduction. They're going to give you like articles written by people who say, uh, something like along the lines of mm -hmm. some people claim that they've been abducted by aliens, but this is so far fetched. Seriously, would that really happen in a sane world? And then it's like 
they go against it. And you're like, but that's not what I want to look for. I want to find information. I want to find accounts, people telling their testimony, but you can't find that anymore. It's very, very hard. You might find it at page 101 in the search results, maybe, if you're lucky. Like those, you know, those weird, um, uh, what do you call them? Those those pillars there that just showed up out of nowhere. That was what, what and was it, it a year ago, Liz? It Six looked, months? It looked like some kind of alien, I don't know, statue I'm of, sure of what it was like a yeah they some, were like obelisks some weird, some weird they were like metal metal, metal obelisks appearing uh, in three different four places in the yeah. world and so at first at, at first there was a reason probably behind it why you know these entities place them there but then it, it it kind of went like oh let's take out you know jokes about this and and videos about this to kind of make people think it's just a hoax <laughs> but yeah. probably the first two we saw were real it's always <laughs> were really put there the first, they, they say that about almost everything look at what comes out first usually it's closer to the truth than anything else that comes out after because after that they start covering it and hiding it and Oh, and, we shouldn't say and it paying like that. people and, to make jokes and to kind of go, oh, it was a hoax, anyways. So, yeah, you know. Yeah. Anyway, but that's a whole other topic. Anyway, <laughs> that is so we point. just want to encourage you uh, in this broadcast. The the whole point of the broadcast is back up your tent. Don't stay where you're at. Always seek God more. Mm -hmm. Seek His truth more, and be willing to pack up your tent when He says, "Hey, time to move on, kid. Pack up your tent. Follow me," yeah. because Jesus said that. Follow me. Well, following someone means that you're gonna, you're not gonna stay put. You're gonna move. You're gonna be moving. And a, and a powerful prayer that I've seen God really, really move in my life, um, in the last, um, you know, like to a rapid rate, um, like crazy rate, um, was really when I started praying and asking God to show me. Um, what I needed to learn to be closer to my kingdom assignment. Oh, yeah. So when I when I pray in a way that um, I ask the Lord for more knowledge, more truth, that I want to go deeper, that I want to um, that I really want to walk into my my kingdom assignment, and I want Him to prepare me for that kingdom assignment. So I ask Him for that knowledge. I ask Him, what do I need to learn? to um, be prepared for this kingdom assignment. Cause I can feel in the spirit when things are transitioning, um, when I'm in a learning curve, when I'm transitioning or when I'm in, um, you know, okay, this is what you need to do, run with this, mm -hmm. you know? And then it's like, okay, go. And then other times it's like, okay, stop, halt. And now I need to rest and I need to stop and, and figure out what is he trying to show me? Yeah. And so when I pray and I ask him to show me, what I need to learn and I'm ready for it. Um, he always answers. Like I'll always, it's, it's, it's just wonderful. Like I've never experienced that in the last six months at this rate, but God would give me information upon information. It was just like, I would just land on the exact person I needed to hear um, that was teaching a certain content at a certain time. Um, it's even, I felt sometimes a nudging, to um to go to my phone and and check a notification or to open the tv and to go check out a certain thing it was very very specific the wow. way the lord guided me and it was really mind-blowing because i was like wow you know oftentimes even when i was questioning something that i was learning he'd give me the answer that way so it was really a a, a wonderful journey and i'm still on it and and I love it because I'm I'm learning so much and um, it really helps me always walking in my purpose. So I encourage you to do that type of prayer to really um, you know get your hearts ready. And like Sebastian said, you know sometimes it it we have to be prepared you know to get outside of our comfort zone. Sometimes it's things that he's going to show you that you've been taught a certain way by your pastor for many years, and you know maybe something is is it's a different truth and you just need to dig deeper and be open you know just to take your time and be open and and follow the leading of the holy spirit absolutely well i, I think that covers it liz man one, one hour this <laughs> expected tonight but hey i i think we had a lot to say on that subject we've been kind of like keeping that uh subject on our heart for a long time 
And uh, I think the Lord really wanted it to come out. And, and to be honest, the devil didn't want it to come out tonight because we had some tech difficulties that were really weird. So uh, we're really glad we were able to broadcast this tonight because I think it's going to bless a lot of people. Yeah, even for our podcast, we've had a, a few technical issues to, to download them. So hopefully they'll be straightened out soon. So um, if you have any questions, uh, you can always go to thrivingonpurpose.com and write to us there. Or you can just uh, go wherever you're listening to on YouTube or um, on Thriving on Purpose. Uh, just click the message button on Facebook on our page, and we we'll we'll be glad to answer any of your questions that you may have uh, concerning anything that we mentioned or something else that you've listened to on our broadcast um, that you're enjoying or that you have questions about. We're here for you guys. So be blessed. And as usual, thrive on.